It's a football fill-in and it's been another Premier League weekend of action and it seems to me like nobody actually really wants to win the league this season apart from Manchester United who have now won 13 games at home in all competitions. There's going to be a bouting into the season. Come on, let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it then. We are joined by usual guest Mark Goldbridge. Mark, how are you, mate? Really good. Great weekend. And Man United won. Can't go wrong. Absolutely buzzing. Dave Watson, super Dave Watson. We all love Dave Watson. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Looking forward to the conversation I'm this morning. Looking at flat cap, mate. You look like a geezer, a proper geezer. Um, before we get into the, the show today, um, in this cup here, right, I have got a chicken and lemongrass cup of soup. And it is world-class, lads. Honestly, this yeah. is a game-changer. Thanks if, for the water. If that had croutons in it, I swear down, that is undefeated. Uh, and secondly, and probably a little bit more importantly, uh, we've got an announcement to make because the Fozcast is doing its first ever, ever live show. It's this Friday, the 10th of February, 9pm we are kicking off the Fozcast at the King's Place at King's Cross. Um, you know what we're going to do. We're going to be like down in pints. We'll be doing quizzes. We'll be doing some keepy-uppies on stage. Mr. Mark Goldbridge is going to be there with us as well. What are your keepy-uppies like? Good. Really? Yeah. What are your downing skills like? Good. That was a pint, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I hesitated. <laughs> um, anyway, tickets are available now. Get in the uh, link in the description down below. Come and see us on Friday. It'll be an absolute. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right, lads. Come on, let's get into it. We're going to go for Everton versus Arsenal. 1-0 to Everton. I could see this one coming. Kick us off with your debrief of the game. Well, at the end of the day... No, I'm not going to do it. No, um, no I, 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 we saw about this before, weren't we? I really thought that, the, that the, they would get a draw. I didn't think they would win. I thought they'd get a draw. Um, it's, 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 you know, you can't talk every week about how competitive the Premier League is and then go, well, I didn't expect that to happen. It's at Goodison Park, which is a fantastic ground. Daichi is a perfect manager for them yeah. those players would have been absolutely up for it Arsenal have they fell off a little bit after that Man City Cup game haven't played for a week and um, I think 1-0 Tarkovsky scoring a goal it, it was written you could write that script over the last 10 years perfectly but it would have been Burnley's Deitch Tarkovsky scoring yeah, yeah. at Turf Moor he's just took it to Goodison Park and I, and I think Everton probably did it a little bit too late but they'll definitely stay up now what well, I one hundred percent. I I agree. I didn't think they'd win the game, yeah. but Daishi, real Premier League experience. Every team knew playing his old Burnley teams what to expect. Horrible game. I thought Arsenal did what Arsenal do, but Daishi turned Everton into a machine. The running stats, mm. the effort, the enthusiasm. It, it, in a week, he just gelled the whole club together. 
The fans were on side. They had a little moan about the board before the game. But when it would kick off, they were with M11 yeah, players. Good, wasn't and, it? And it was really phenomenal. And he scored from a set piece, um, which is typical them. Um, in-swinging ball, McNeil. Um, Arsenal zonal setup. Yeah, Decorey just pins uh, the last zone centre half, and he comes above. Is all that the what guys. it was like? So, as a goalie coach, when you were sort of like at Southampton, for example, right? When you're playing against a Sean Dyche team, do you know exactly what's coming? Yeah, is it? It's as simple as that. It's as black and white. Yeah? You know what's coming, but it's still difficult, difficult to defend. To do it, In swinging yeah. ball, either under the bar or deep for the runners. Your last zone he's got to be good. Or he's got to be aware that he's going to get pinned like Decorey does on Saliba. Yeah. And ultimately, when you go zonal, there's definitely a mismatch. And Odegaard takes Tarkovsky, but he's got to run. But the whole thing only happens because Decorey does Saliba on the back zone. Because normally Saliba would be free and Odegaard would have just had a little bounce on him. But Do you know what? If Sean Dykes was to have a dream on Friday night, right, before this game... I'd just love to know what Sean Dyche dreams about. I would love to know. I'd love to know what he Running hard. Running hard. God knows. Bleep test. Did you see it, by the way? They were doing bleep test in the week. How mad is that? Like, as a footballer, genuinely, bleep test get brought out pre-season and pre-season only. That is the only ever time you're doing it. Unless you got beat 6-0, Unless you got pumped, absolutely battered, right? And it's the Monday, then you might do a bleep test. But bleep test is reserved literally for pre-season only. And then when he signs for Everton, and I see him doing bleep test, I think, he means business here. That's Everton safe. No, Literally but, safe. But you know he means business when yeah. you see the pictures. They're doing the bleep test. He's in his T-shirt, Short. shorts, <laughs> minus five. Come on. <laughs> you hear what he said after the game, though? He said, that's uh, a good result, but rest assured, they'll be in on Monday morning and I'll be working them hard. And it's like, I bet, I bet the players are terrified of them if they lose. Rest assured, I'll be giving a right good kicking yeah, in that dressing room. Like you say, though, they are terrified mm. of him. They will be terrified of him. And there's a reason why their running stats are so good on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. The reason why Everton's running stats haven't been so good in the previous Saturday afternoons is because they haven't had a manager where they're genuinely shit scared of that mm. if they don't put the work in, he's going to get after them. Sean Dyche has to be champ of the week for me this week, by the way. I know we do it every week and we're always picking this. It could be him, it could be him. There's a few nominations it could be. Sean Dyche, for me, it has to be him. Getting off to that start was world-class, wasn't it? What mm. a guy. And I, and I think as well, we've got to stop this whole giving Gerard a job at Villa. Lampard's had the Chelsea and the Everton job. Yeah. As players, they deserve the respect, but there's a, they're different jobs. Management is not playing. And, you know, look at that contrast between Everton and Lampard and Dyche who's never played for England he isn't one of the Premier League's top scoring midfielders he's just a bloody good manager who knows how to manage yeah. club chairman need to stop looking at this and start looking at specialists yeah I love it um, did, I don't know if you saw this as well we're going to move on in a minute to the Man City Tottenham game but um, there was the, he did a clip ages ago of like a tactical masterclass have it, you seen it, this of him describing of what he wants his team to do sort of in possession out of possession Dead simple stuff, isn't it? Dead simple stuff, but it worked to a T against yeah, the, Everton. The, the game was just, they were against just so Arsenal. different. They're so mm. different. The wingers got the ball and they crossed it, but yeah. when they crossed it, there were three or four men in the box. Yeah. So they have a chance. They've got Calvert-Lewin, who's a, a big centre forward. They just play the percentages really well. They didn't play overly long balls, no. for sure. But when it's wide, it's coming in the box yeah. and I want bodies in the box. Boom. Very simple. That's how we're going to score goals. Yeah. Um, but Daishi, yeah, we've talked about it, he's been and done it and it's tough to be a Premier League manager and he knew what were required in that game and the players know what's required for sure. It's a masterstroke getting him in Everton, well done. Um, Sean Dyche, you are the champ of the week. Right, we're going to move on lads, we're going to go to the Spurs-Man City game, I'm sure you watched this yesterday. Um, 
You've got something to say about big Erling Haaland, haven't you? Yeah, I think I think um, I think Man City are a better team without Erling Haaland, and I also think that if Jesus had stayed and Haaland had stayed at Dor- Dortmund, Man City would be winning the league by ten points. Really? And I think that, and people go mad, but I think I'm 100% right because Man City are not playing like they have done for the last two years. And if they kept Jesus and they didn't have Haaland, they'd still be doing the same things last year that people couldn't deal with. What they did, we've spoke about it a few times, haven't we? I said City are vulnerable this year because they are going through transition. Yeah. They definitely are. They're adapting to a new way of playing. United did it a couple of weeks ago. Spurs did it yesterday. If you shut Haaland down, you shut City down. They, they, they've got nothing else. They, they, they did, you know, I think Mares hit the bar. Grealish hit one over the bar. Yeah, major, but they're though, not chances. They're, if they go in, you're like, what a finish, what a finish. They're not creating chances. And I think that... I think Man City have become a vehicle for Haaland. They've not become a vehicle for success at the moment. Like Haaland's having a great season. He's going to be top scorer. He's world class. But it's a bit like Ronaldo with United last year. It's about, you know, he personally is doing really well, but are Man City a better team with him in the team? And at the moment, they're... He should have been subbed off with 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Like he, they're so predictable. He plays every minute. He plays as the number nine and he never gets subbed off. I would have subbed him off with 20 minutes because Spurs were comfortable. Try something different. It's like chucking the big man on in the last 20 minutes. Stick it in the mixer. But, 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 the but mix, put, yeah. put a false nine on. Get the different, you know, keep it on the ground. They're just, what they're what so do you think about this? Because I, so I, I, I can see where Mark's coming from here a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because I think... Like Man City of the past, yeah, you know what you're going to get out of Man City. It's relentless. It's passing. It's working you. It's getting you out of position, getting it behind you, putting it back. Boom. Have that simple as that. I think they have become a little bit more one-dimensional today. And I think Christian Romero, I thought he was world-class yesterday, by the way. He played that physical game against Erling Haaland. And it was like, no, I'm going to give it to you today. At one point, I saw him picking Erling Haaland up. And I'm thinking, you're up for this today. Do you agree with what Mark's saying here? I think Haaland is an unbelievable centre-forward. Yeah. But I think he has lost a little bit of identity now. And teams are not going to let Man City play the ball in behind and use his strengths, mm. letting him run behind like early in the season when he scored at West Ham. I think now, low block in midfield or a very deep block, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah. No. And not playing De Bruyne yesterday when normally it's a little cut back and he flips him in. Why isn't De Bruyne starting this game, by the way? So he didn't look like he, he had no injury, no knock or anything like that. You're not crossing the balls for him. So he is isolated. I think I saw once yesterday where he came really deep in midfield, yeah. had a really great layoff, and he spun in behind. It might have been Dyer. I can't remember who the centre-half was. It was an unbelievable run. But City didn't play the ball in behind. They wanted yeah. to play short, 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 short. They never got in behind Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And three centre-halves were so comfortable... And to be fair to Hoiberg, who I used to work with at Southampton, protecting him yeah, from it. Really fantastic. He was, fantastic he was, he was wasn't he, unbelievable. Yeah. I get the man of the match. I think. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's a proper ball winner, and he played the ball simple yesterday. It looked like a Rolls Royce. Yeah. But City, Lloris never had any Nothing. saves to make. Nothing. They never got in behind to really stretch him. Super Jackie Grealish, what are you saying about him? Yeah, I mean, just picking up what Dave said there, I think if you're not going to put De Bruyne in the team and Cancelo used to get a lot of assists, where are the crosses coming from? Yeah, but but Grealish, I like Grealish. I think he went to the wrong Manchester club. I've said that a few times. Um, he knows, he's so clever. You know, he leaves his leg for yeah. a foul all the time. But I don't think that helps City because all he does is win a free kick. Yeah, and it, City slows, it down. slows City down. Yeah. City aren't very good at set pieces. So I think, you know, almost, Grealish is almost a weakness in that team, even though I thought he's one of their better players. Because he, he slows them down yeah, all the time. He wins so many free kicks. He's so clever. He just leaves his foot every no, time. He knows exactly but what it doesn't doing. suit Man City because Man City want to play fast, fast, move the ball, pull players out. And obviously every time there's a free kick, you reset yourself, don't you? You yeah, sort yeah. yourself out. You mark your men. You, you have a breather. He, he, 
Grealish doesn't work. All in right, that let's give Spurs a little bit of love then, okay? Because it was a fantastic win for them. We got to start with Harry Kane, two hundred and sixty-seven goals, new highest scorer for Tottenham Hotspur, beating Jimmy Greaves' record. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, he's just relentless, isn't he? He's a sort of player Manchester United need, you know, he is. Well, he is at the moment. Martial injured. I mean, the thing about Harry Kane is that that goal wasn't clean, was it? He bounced it in. That's That's what exactly yeah. what it is. Um, he, and he, the one in the second half where he got between the two defenders yeah, and, yeah. and ricocheted, ricocheted it through. Off him, yeah. I mean, Edison he, out quick for that. By he, the way. Is Lovely, one of, he's it, one. Yeah. Of, he is. He's fantastic. I mean, may well end up at Manchester United, but um, they're back in the top four race. Spurs know, now. Yeah. They're just Spursy, aren't they? I mean, you know, they played really well yesterday. I normally find them quite boring to watch, but. Against Man City, you've got to play deep, like Dave said. And I thought, you know, Hoiberg and Bentanka, they knew exactly when to punch in. And they probably could have made it too. I thought in the second half, they probably needed that second goal. And they, they had opportunities, they just didn't quite do it. But they got over the line in the end. Um, Harry Kane, give me your thoughts on Harry Kane from a goalkeeper's perspective. When you're, when you're facing against Harry Kane, what are you thinking? Well, you're in big trouble, aren't you? I think, oh. <laughs> I, I, I think the goal straight away. Yeah. He knows Edison's, as Hoiberg plays him in, Edison's coming to his left. So he's obviously going across to his right. And it doesn't need to be a clean finish. This is where people get it all wrong. He could have side-footed it in down to uh, Edison's left hand. Edison's moving to his left. He's got a fair chance of saving it. Yeah. Come back across him. Early finish, first time. It doesn't need to be clean. It doesn't need to be in the corner. Find the net. Your body weight's not allowing you to make that save back across. Yeah, but he, he knows all this. Yeah. Um, and it was a great finish. But like we mentioned, Hoiberg, really high press. City could have gone in behind just to change it up a little bit. They kept allowing them and allowing them. Hoiberg nicks it, little pass, and the one man you want to finish first time, Kane. Super Harry Kane. Super Harry um, Kane. Fantastic win for Spurs. Um, right, lads, we're going to move it on here. A little bit of a left field one here, all right? I know people kind of accuse me of a bit of bias for always going for the big teams, and I understand what you're saying. It's nice to give a little bit of air time to some of the some of the smaller teams, some of the teams that have been doing really well this season, right? So I'm going to go for Brentford, all right? Yeah, yeah. Brentford free. Southampton nil. We'll start with Brentford because we've got to give them some love, all right? Because you said this a minute ago, and I totally agree with you, all right? I looked at the fixtures on Saturday, and the one to me which I thought, well, if I was a betting man, I'm going to put a bet on here and an accumulator or something. The first team that I would have in that would be uh, Brentford. I'm thinking they are winning that game 100% of the time. They are brutal. They are relentless. They will just go there, and they'll finish Southampton off an absolute doddle. They're lovely to watch at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, I, th- I think... Um you know, where do you draw the line on who the manager of the year is? Because obviously Arteta gets a lot of love, but I think what Brighton, Brentford and Fulham are doing are fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, for Brentford to be in that position... Well, where it's Sam- a seventh in the league now. But, when, but, 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 but how, how much respect are we putting on Brentford and Thomas Frank and that team that were saying Brentford against Southampton's a home banker? Yeah, I know. I mean, this was a team that, you know, they're just unbelievable. And they're now in a position in the Premier League where... We're looking at them and going, oh yeah, they'll win that. Yeah, they'll, they'll win right. that. They'll win that to nil. They'll win that. And well, that's nine games undefeated in the Premier League now, and in that run, they've beat, they've played against the team sort of teams of Man City, Liverpool, and Spurs. That's nine games without a defeat for a team like Brentford. You've been at you've been at teams like Brentford. Do you know what I mean? That in itself, to have that momentum is worth its weight in gold, yeah, isn't it? They've got that momentum now. Thomas Frank certainly deserves 
incredible credit for what they've done. But every team going to that new stadium yeah. and playing Brentford away from home you know what knows getting. it's a oh, real yeah. tough game. And they do play the percentages, but they've got some real good footballers in there. Yeah, true. But a bit like we spoke about Everton earlier, they know when it's wide, it's coming in the box. They really play for the set plays and, and getting things high up the field. But Ben Mee scores from what Southampton would have presumed is a long throw. The work it short, get an overload, cross in the box. Brave He's header free. to be fair, weren't what it? Was an good. incredible Lovely. header. Yeah. But that's what Brentford are, are brought up on. But it is really tough to play. But they've got good quality players to actually play good football. Yeah. To play real they good football. They know what they're doing they and they stick they're doing. to it, don't they? They stick to the game plan yeah. and you know what's coming. The pass for the second goal to create it on the outside of the foot is incredible yeah. pass. It is great what they do because when they beat us and when they beat Liverpool, I think they had seven, we had 70% possession. Liverpool had 70% yeah. possession. Like you say, they play the percentage game, don't they? They know what they're doing without the ball. Exactly. And then when they get the moments, however they get the moments, they're just quick and clinical and they know what they're doing. It's very effective. All right, let's talk about Southampton, okay? Because I've got a little bit of a beer in my bonnet about Southampton at the minute, okay? Not necessarily Southampton, the manager, Nathan Jones, right? He did it a few weeks ago. He came out after the game and he said a few things where I'm thinking, hmm, I don't like the way you're sounding here. It's like you're palming all the blame off onto the players, right? They go and get pumped 3-0 yesterday, um, on Saturday, sorry. And he comes out afterwards and basically says... You know that's not what my team do. You know my I haven't implemented my style and the play. That's not what we do. I've pandered to this club a little bit. And then he starts going off on one and talking about all the success he had at Luton. And statistically, he was one of the best managers in Europe apparently. And he did it on a shoestring budget. And we did this and we were high tempo and we we're high pressure. And I'm thinking, I don't see any of that. Why are you talking about Luton now? What are you on about? You know what I mean? Get behind your lads. Show them a way of playing football. Don't go blaming on anything else. Ridiculous, isn't it? I don't know. I think he's doing a good job. You're a dickhead. <laughs> you are some sort of a dickhead. <laughs> I was fuming watching this interview. Honestly, You're I'm fuming. fuming now, I can see. I'm, honestly, I was watching and thinking, if I, but I'm, I've been in that position where we're getting pumped week in, week out, right? The last thing I want is my manager to be coming out and saying stuff like that. I'd be thinking, nah, mate, you're throwing us under the bus here. Well, you're rubbish. talking really from a player's perspective and yeah. what it's like on the coalface, in the dressing room. You know you're bottom of the league. Yeah. You know you've just got beat 3-0. What you need is some continuity in terms of we're in it together yeah. and things will stay privately in that dressing room and we've got to try and push on. Yes, it's a poor result. We all know it's a poor result, yeah. but there's only us in this dressing room can fix it. And don't make it more difficult by isolating potentially yourself in that situation. See, this they're is gone. The, they're the relegators. I think they're, that's, the, that's what they're I mean. They're, they, you look at someone like Everton who, who've done it in a, a clever way, a savvy way. They've gone and got a manager, proven track record. He might not be the most glitzy or glamorous or whatever. The stats might not back him up or anything like that. But you know what you're going to get from Sean Dyche? And then Southampton have gone and done it this way, and I'm just thinking, nah, what are you doing? They're bloody lucky though, because Everton took too long, and you know Dave was saying before we went live, you know Southampton could have got Deitch, you know they had that opportunity. When did they get Deitch. Nathan Jones in a month ago? Yeah, you know it's not like Everton acted quickly; they didn't. Um, they've just they've got the right decision. At the do right you agree time. with me for my um, nomination for Chump of the Week then this week? Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not Casemiro, I'm happy. No, do you know what Casemiro is a shambles of a red card. We're going to talk about that in a minute anyway. But Nathan Jones, sorry mate, you can't come out and say stuff like that. Chump of the Week, simple as that. Um, let's take it to Man United then, yeah. All mm -hmm. right, let's take it to Man United. Um, let's start with the red card then. Come on, give me give me your uh, thoughts on that. Oh, I've, I've, I've spoke, I'm have I've going to summarise it really, really quickly. Basically, VAR shouldn't be used for that. Um, even if you think it's a red card, you've got to look at everything. Otherwise, you make yourself look complete prats. In my opinion, 
that VAR guy has gone, Andre, Andre, look what I've seen. Oh, I'm going to look really clever here. Come on, have a look. So he looks at it, goes, oh, I'm going to look really good, sends him off. But then fans are cleverer than them. Fans have got different camera angles. And more importantly, fans will go and look at the whole incident. Yeah, they've got time. And AU does worse. So for me, that's why we're not rugby, we're not NFL. Deal with that after the game. Yeah. Give them a ban after the game and give AU a ban after the game if you want to. But they wouldn't do that. So I just think it's it's really poor. And a lot of people go, well, it's a red because he's touched his neck. Fine, if you think it's a red, I don't. But ultimately, AU did something worse. Why has that been missed? Oh, he didn't have time. Well, he shouldn't be looking at the other one in the first place. Yeah. Well, oh, if you get if one of your players gets sent off for that, what are you saying? I'll be fuming on the side. I would Rubbish, really, isn't it? Really fuming. And it is all about the angles and whatever. But like the VA, I just asked him to look at one incident. You have to look at the whole thing there yeah. and realise it's just handbags. Yeah. There's, there's been a, a, a rough tackle. Everybody's come to protect the situation. There's 20 players in there in the end. But there's no red card required. Maybe if he didn't have the black gloves on, yeah, we might yeah. not have seen it. But he never really grabbed him. Hughes never reacted. They had yeah. a little cuddle after. You've got to see the player's perception of it as well. Yeah. And it's bloody slow-mo again. Yeah. I hate slow-mo replay. Why are they doing it in no, slow-mo? It's, it's crazy. He's, it's not, he's, not, he's not gripping no his one neck. He's not throttling him, is he? Oh, no. He's like it's like he's put his arms on his like on his just on the top of his shoulders just almost. And Will Hughes, like I said, we, we I know Will Hughes. I played with Will Hughes at Watford for a bit, and he is the biggest wind-up merchant, right, in the world. One of the best I've ever seen, right. He's world class at it, in fact. And I know for a fact he'd have been getting under the skins. But like I say, the fact that he's having a laugh with them afterwards, yeah, the players will know he's a wind-up merchant. They'll be like, "You're a dickhead. Stop being a but dickhead." But the referee should know that. The referee That's part has of your to know job, that. Knowing exactly the players. that. But when he sees the reaction of Will Hughes after, yeah. just roll it on two more frames, you know there's no malice, you no. know there's nothing. This is the thing where I think if they're, if they're going to do this properly then and send Casemiro off for that, and if he ends up getting a free game ban here, by the way, this, is, he has. this, has. this is a disgrace. Yeah? Man United are going to be missing one of their best players for three games for something that should never be a red card. But you know, you know what? I wouldn't give uh, Schlupp a red card, but he goes and scores, right? He has got no intention of doing anything other than chucking Anthony five metres. Now, Into if Anthony bangs it's his right. head yeah. and, and, and he's knocked out, Massive problem. then that... You know, that's violent conduct. Yeah, well, that's what, so, there's so many oh, things worse. Oh, he use his hands on his neck to grab... You know, it's ridiculous. There's so many things worse. Like, say, the Yayu one, the Jordan Ayu one, just was, wow, where he's actually grabbed he's, him. And his face and he's, is like yeah, that. And he's doing that, yeah? Sure. That, but if they want to do it properly, then they have to look at retrospectively and then they'll go down things. So they've made they've made a rod for their own back in there. Let's talk about the game, though. Um, mm. Fantastic win for United. Rashford scoring again. What's that? It's his 10th uh, of the season. Um, it's a good win, that, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, it went well because we got... I think we were up inside five minutes. Yeah. It was a handball. Um, you know, it was was it? I can't remember. Get was it? Will Hughes against the? Yeah, it was Will Hughes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a soft penalty. That, yeah. It's a soft <laughs> penalty. <laughs> but with the rules, it's a penalty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a great start. I'd be fuming. I'd be fuming. You're fuming. I would because you don't want to be one down after that. No, no, no. Yeah. But, but yeah, brilliant start, bit fortuitous because you, you'd take that, wouldn't you? And then the second goal, seven pass move. Yeah, lovely, weren't it? Loved it, loved yeah. it. That's one of my favourite Rashford goals, even though it's a tap in. And then you tune it up and you're like, phew. And then the red card happens. And then it's all about 10 men, with, you know, Bruno, what a captain he's been. Sabitza comes on, Fred, everyone just closes down. What does Sabitza look like? He's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, tidy. Yeah, I mean, you want him to come on 3 0 up and yeah. express himself. He actually came on and actually 
Um, you know, did really well in that midfield, so I think he'll be a good player. And it's a good three points that I think siege mentality, isn't it? We'll feel an injustice about the red, but then we got the points, and I think I think United will take that. Uh, what are um, United title challengers now? I don't think the title challengers. I think they've got a real chance of getting in the top four. The second goal were like Man United of Ultimate yeah, five six that. years ago, probably longer. That's to confidence, be fair. that isn't it? It's That's a confidence one goal, touch football yeah. like they used to play in behind you and great cross. Sort of thing City can't Good. do at the moment. Uh, can't exactly. do it at the moment. That is like City. That, that kind that of thing. Is, it's a tap in for yeah. Rashford because they pulled so many yeah. players out of position the that he can just so ghost in there. He's got to protect the goal there and just go. put boom. But no, it was Man United of old. I really liked. I think for for Ten Hag as a manager, it it was a real massive three points. But it gives him everything because they played really well two 0 up. You've got the world against you for a real mm. soft red card. Yeah, yeah. He gets the defensive players on. Martinez, a couple of blocks were unbelievable. Yeah, eh? Oh Martinez. my God, what a player. Bloody love him. Buddy. What a player. De Gea makes a good save, but they hang on for the result. So the world's against you. Mm. You've got everybody on. You get your defenders to come on. You see Art 2-1, 10 men, three points. You're really on the up and everything ultimately is going against you a little bit, but it's actually helping. They're, they're the ones that are sweeter as well, you know. They're, the ones, not that, for sure. they're the ones that when you get in the dressing room afterwards, like, yeah, because yeah. everybody's on the same page and you're yeah. all fighting, you've got your mates back and you've, like say, you've had all the odds against you, but still you've gone and got the three points. They're the ones when you get in the changing room, it's like, love this, lads, we're on to something. But, yeah. yeah, you are. And yeah. I think that game, he would have wanted to see it at 2-0, get everybody yeah, yeah, on come. Yeah. But the way it panned out, I think it's going to help him. It's yeah, a better yeah, thing yeah. for him, isn't it? A better it? thing for him, for sure. It's right. a new experience, isn't it? We're going to go to the uh, Arsenal-Leicester six-goal thriller in a second. Uh, just want to finish off the Man United game, though, because um, there's only one shithouse nomination for this week, all right? It's, um, it's my mate, Will Hughes, for being the worst play-acting little weasel wind-up merchant in the world ever. Um, I do still love you, though, mate. Um, Will Hughes, you are shithouse of the week. It's a no-brainer, mate. You're a scumbag is what you are. When he's not swearing, he's such a nice boy, honestly. He's lovely. Oh. He's- <laughs> right, let's take it to uh, Villa, Villa 2, Leicester 4. Um, mm. I didn't see this one coming, you know, because obviously Unai Emery's been doing really well at Villa. They seem to like know what they were doing. Everyone seems to be on the same page. Um, talk to me about the way Villa started the game and um, yeah. inviting pressure onto themselves. Yeah, well, I've been to a few of the Villa home games recently and they've always started well. Gone one up and yeah. they went one up. Do um, they start fast as a team? They start fast, yeah. really on the front foot. They'll draw you in, but then they'll play behind, use Watkins' pace. Everybody's up and around it. Coutinho has a great shot. He reacts quickest. 1-0 up. You think, right, Leicester struggling near the bottom. Here we go. And within two minutes, it's level. But I don't understand the mentality. Look, I'm all up for playing football. Sucking them in and playing in behind. But the setup, Leicester was so high on the press. And he still plays into midfield. And it's there to nick it. And all of a sudden, it's 1-1. And the start's gone. Just see the game a little bit and go a little bit longer at that point. Just stay in front five or six minutes. Yeah. Leicester didn't need the lift up that you gave them. I think it's so important when you do go 1-0 up early is to try and maintain that lead. Mm. It's not even about going and getting the second one. It's just about maintaining that lead Ten as minutes. possible, as long as you possibly yeah. can. If you can get into half-time and it's 1-0, that really gets in the opposition's head because they're thinking, right, we've, we've got off to a shit start and we've been battling away. We still can't get a foothold in the game. Just don't give them a sniff. Exactly that. that. Point, it was really crazy. But that's the philosophy. Yeah. A lot of teams do it. We've seen it. But you really gave them uh, an into the game. But Villa got back in front um, 2-1. And then Leicester really scored two what were good goals. Yeah. I mean, he looks a real player, the left winger. That Tete, the yeah. Brazilian. What, what, what a, a debut, player, by yeah. the way. Yeah. What a debut, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I saw the interview Brendan Rodgers did afterwards and he was 
buzzing off him. Yeah. He, he said, keep him up. That's what I mean. He, ba- he was basically saying, like, we see this in training. We've seen it from training. And it doesn't necessarily transcend to a game. You don't necessarily no, get the same sure. sort of performance, he said. But for him to come in and do that on his debut, it's a good start, science to start with, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know Inacho's a finisher, but he, he took the goal really well. The timing of the pass from yeah, Inacho, yeah. the run, and really cool around Martinez. And, and it was a good finish. But it, in the end, it ends up being a real massive result for them and real boot in the balls if you like for Villa who were on a little bit of a upward yeah. trend yeah um, okay we're going to move on to Newcastle uh, West Ham um, quite typically I go and do a wild card on my fancy Premier League team I put Nick Pope in goal Botman and Trippier in defence and obviously they're going to concede the first goal at home for about seven years um, it's just the way it goes isn't it um, was this a little bit of an opportunity miss for West Ham do you think Newcastle. Yeah, sorry, who did I say? West Ham. Yeah, sorry, I think yeah, it is. I, th- I think they've. Uh, I was looking at it at the weekend. In their last five Premier League games, they've only scored two goals. Yeah. They've probably only conceded two as well. Yeah. I think they've drawn four, and um, I think three of those draws have been at home. So they've, they've got a bit of a, an issue at home. The thing is, though, you speak to Newcastle fans and they don't care. They're just they're in the cup final. Yeah. They're in the top four, and they're absolutely buzzing about it. So as much as we can say that, they're they're just enjoying the ride, which I think is fantastic. But realistically, Spurs won. They've drawn. That, that door is open for Spurs and Newcastle, you know, they, they're not in Europe, they've got the players, they need to start scoring some goals yeah, because they do, they've got yeah. the defence, you're right, you know, put them in your team, but they, they're, they're just not scoring as many goals. And, you know, a few weeks ago we were talking about 4 nils at Fulham and Almiron and it's all just gone a little bit, so I don't know why, they've just what, stopped do scoring you think, goals. Do you think for, for Newcastle this season, what do you think is the bigger, the bigger object, objective? Is it winning that League Cup final? Mm. or is it finishing in the Champions League places? What is going to be the biggest thing for Newcastle this season? I think that it will be the same as what it is for Arsenal Man United. As much as a trophy's great, yeah. they'll know if they get in the Champions League, they're the richest club in the world, and suddenly you, go, get anybody. you can get anybody. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, but then again, I think it's probably a generational thing, because there'll be older Newcastle fans going, no, I want, I want a trophy. I want, I want a trophy. Cup. But realistically, if they get in Champions League, you know, they've got the money. What, what are you saying about that? No, I think the Champions League gives them a platform to go and sign even better again yeah. and again and again. But I would think the majority of middle-aged supporters would really give anything to get that first when trophy. When was that time? 60s, I think. Wow. It's been a long time. They obviously had two FA Cup it, finals. It's a it? bit of sort of like six of one half a dozen of the other, isn't it? Because, like I say, I think, I think deep down, like, Champions League is the most important thing because, like you say, once they're in the Champions League, they can sign anybody. They will do And they'll win trophies then anyway. Exactly, they'll win trophies. But it's that emotional bit of winning a trophy. It's a day out in Wembley. Against United. Against United. It's a massive one for them. It's Um, unlucky it's going to be a bad day out. Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, West Ham quickly, um, just struggling a little bit still. Where are West Ham in the league here, by the way? Um, 16th. Oh my gosh, 16th. They're right down in it, by the way. They've not, they've not done as well as what Moyes or anybody from that club would think, but I think that was his 600th game in the league. David yeah, Moyes, yeah, yeah. we spoke about that experience. I think he will have enough. They've mm. certainly got enough to, You'd think to climb so, the stay up. They will stay up. I, I, don't, I don't really fear that for them, but it's difficult when you're down there. But it's a great point for them at Newcastle. They scored on a set piece, which is, yeah. again, a big not, element. Not a, new, not a good, easy thing to do against Newcastle. But if either. Southampton and Bournemouth are going down, who are we having? Who's going down with them? Because that's the thing. Wolves have won. Everton Who's have won. Down at the West Ham Forest down. won. Forest Le- won. Le- Le- Leicester won. Leeds, Leeds are struggling. But I really like what yeah. they're trying to do. Mm. They dominated yesterday and couldn't win. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd put Leeds down at the moment. Leeds simply because be, yeah. 
they lost at the weekend and everyone else won. It's, oh, it no. can change. Yes. Use a couple of games and everyone else wins. Yeah, no, um, talking of another team who did win at the weekend, a huge win for them, in fact, Wolves. 3-0 mm. win uh, against Liverpool, home against Liverpool. Another one I could maybe see coming as well, to be honest with you, Liverpool. Could you not see this coming? No, I'm just I'm, I'm aware of the bet we've got and that I think Liverpool are going to get top four. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm, I, this was the weekend where I was just you like... You can pay out early. He might yeah, do you a deal if that's you check out early. used to do. Yeah, yeah. paying out, pay out early. <laughs> I just can't. Cash I know, out. I can't, cash I, I'm, I, I, I love Liverpool being rubbish because I'm a United fan, but I really cannot get my head It's hat, crazy, hat on isn't it? it? I cannot get... I the think, ball from Grace has been outrageous. It makes no sense. I know. They don't press. They're midfield. If you get a chance against Liverpool, you know you're going to get another chance yeah. if you miss it. I mean, 2-0 down in no time. Three, you know, Second half, they score another one, so yeah. they've won both halves. There's just... It's, they're John, not a shot. John Matip, for me at the minute, yeah, looks like... I used to love him. I, 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 honestly, him alongside... I remember playing against him and Van Dijk, and I just think... I used to think, wow, you are the most... Underrated. Yeah, underrated centre-back in this but whole is, Premier League. Is that what we're are. saying? Van Dijk makes everybody at the side of him look like a will-beater because Maybe, him yeah. out of the team, it's finished. I know. And when you, you're right in terms of the midfield, there's no press or whatever, but Wolves could have had six. Yeah, mm. they could have done, yeah. So the pairing at the minute at the back is nothing. So Van Dijk missing... There's nobody else can step up to the plate to become a Matip pair. Matip just looks like labour, laboursome, slow, they're all, gangly. They've gone on, I think mentally and physically. I think mentally, because the chance on. he gave at 2-0 when it's a cheap yeah, little pass, nah. they, they're just not with it. I, I mean, it's really crazy to say, because they were the team that everybody didn't want to play against. You were going to be pressed, you were going to be... I love this. Mark Goldbridge. Is, is that the, a fine as well? The consummate professionals. Potential fraud. Answer it. Is it a mad number? Go on, answer it. Answering it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's potential fraud, it could it be. It could, it could be Harry Maguire. Got your number. To, that came up as potential fraud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably Darwin Nunez. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe you've got somebody saved in your phone as potential fraud. It's Darwin Nunez. You're obviously getting these numbers. Oh, come on, talk to. <laughs> Actually, it's a good shout. Talk to me about Darwin. Nunez. No, he's not a potential. I like. I feel really sorry for Nunez and Gakpo because if you're having a pop at them. What about Mo Salah? Yeah. He's one of the best players we've seen in the Premier League. And nowhere he's, not, he's, he's nowhere. So you can't yeah. have a pop at Nunez and Gakpo, who are new players. Yeah, I think yeah. that, I mean, what's happened to Salah this year? I, I, don't, I, I, you know, I don't have any sympathy, but I am shocked. Well, he's Liverpool. had a new contract. He's the highest uh, earner they've ever had. And I don't know anything about him. But as, as that kind of deal and the losing of certain players, has that made him soft? He's become... Maybe really comfortable Seems in the environment. Seems to be a bit of a running theme this with new contracts, isn't it? You give big new contracts out to players, it's like they just take their kind of foot off it a little bit, do you know what I mean? Just the finger off the pulse a little bit and yeah, even in that couple just percent, Just a little mate, percent at that level. Mate, that's enough. Gone. That is enough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Wolves, which is really hard for me to do, to be honest with you, because of my years playing for West Brom, but signing Craig Dawson mm. is a genuine masterstroke, honestly, it's to good, get him for absolute peanuts, yeah, Craig Dawson scored the second goal against Liverpool at the weekend, he's the sort of guy that will drag you to safety, honestly, he will drag you to safety, he's an absolute scumbag for signing for Wolves, because he played for West Brom, by the way, and the West Brom fans will hate him for it, and rightly so, I do love him still, we're going to get him on the Foscast one soon. Never. We'll get them on the podcast soon, by the way. Um, but yeah, what, what a signing. People like Craig Dawson, they're exactly the sort. It's like he, he's doing the same for Wolves as what Sean Dyke will do for Everton. But it's a British and English core, core. that's been there in it go. and seen it all his career. Yeah. You talk about him scoring the goal for two or, two, two or three rebounds. Yeah. But what does he do to Trent Alexander-Arnold on the free kick? Yeah. He takes him five yards into the box. They're just in there. Exactly. And that, everybody else at the front's on side because he, he's got him in there. Yeah. Mm. He's just... 
He knows what's required. Honestly, if there's one player in the Premier League I, will, I would hate to come up against on a set piece, on a corner or a free kick, yeah, I promise you it's Craig Dawson. The guy is a sicko. He will run through anything. Absolute dog. Great signing. You're a scumbag, though, for signing for Wolves. Um, right, only a couple more games to go then. We're going to go for Bournemouth, Brighton. Um, another one, actually, I said earlier in the day, I said I thought um, that the Southampton-Brentford game was a bit of a no-brainer. You could see Brentford were going to win it. I could see Bre- uh, Brighton winning this game as well. Mm-hmm. I could see Brighton winning this game. A possible Champ of the Week nomination would have been Matoma. Absolutely flying, killing it. But Brighton, just as a team, you know what you're going to get from them. They are similar to Brentford, really, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I love Brighton. I think, um, you know, you lost, lost Trazard, all the Casido problems, and they're still, they're still out there winning, still getting the clean sheets, still playing the good football. Um, it's, it's interesting with Bournemouth because everyone, we were, I remember us talking at the start of the season about Gary O'Neill deserving the job, and then it's, it's you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, you did. You give him the job, happen. and then reality bites. It's just like, you can't, you can't buy a win, you can't buy a goal at the moment. Um, yeah, they're going to go down. And, you know, for Brighton, that's the sort of game where, it's a good win for them because yeah, you're is, expect, yeah. when you're expected to win, it doesn't always work like that. It's a bit yeah. like Newcastle against West Ham, isn't it? So yeah. that they'll win. I'm, I'm very interested to see where Brighton, Brentford, and Fulham are going to end up. It'll all be very it's not, close. It's not, it's not a joke. They're not lucky. No. But they deserve well, to be there. The league, Brighton, I would no, expect no. one of them to get Europa League. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, yeah. Three because yeah. they have done really exceptionally yeah. well. No Europe for him. Everyone else is going to be in Europe. Tired. Yeah, you know, it's how you manage your squad. Mitoma, that's his fifth goal in his last eight games, by the way. And if you haven't got him in your fancy Premier League team by now. Get him in. He's cheap as chips as well. What a player. Um, inspired signing. Uh, Forrest against Leeds. Um, this is a huge win. I want to talk about Kaylor Navas, all right? First of all, what a sign-in. Yeah, brilliant sign-in to get him in on transfer deadline day. Secondly, his performance on his debut for Forrest as well. Save after save after save. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he hasn't played in the Premier League, but he's got the experience. I think he's won three Champions Leagues. Yeah. You bring somebody in like that, the rest of the team know it's a serious Yeah, they look sign at that. Like they look at that thinking, we're mean business here. Yeah. Um, an incredible performance, a, a great save early on that obviously, even when you've won everything you've won, your debut playing in a new league, he would have wanted to make that first save yeah. and then grew into an unbelievable performance. I thought Leeds were really on the front foot, especially first half. Brennan Johnson scores an unbelievable Lovely goal, goal it? Yeah. Um, and Leeds have got beat 1-0 again and it seems to be a real occurring theme for them that they play really well, I saw them play at Villa, played really well, lost 2-1, yeah. lost 1-0 here after playing really well, um, I'm starting to fear for them a little bit even though I really like what they are as a team and what they've done but there's not enough goals in the team. Can I give you my um, sort of synopsis on what Kaylor Navas is as a goalkeeper, right? I think. Kaylor Navas, yeah, he doesn't, I don't think he's the most technically gifted goalkeeper in the world, like playing out from the back, saves, all that kind of stuff. But do you know what he is? I think he is outrageously effective. He just knows how to stop the ball going in the back of the net. And I think that is sometimes better than being the other way. Do you know what I mean? Incredibly tactically, brilliant, all this kind of beautiful hands, all that kind of stuff. But certain times it just falls short. And I think what Forrest have done is a bit of a masterstroke, to be fair. When Dean Henderson comes back, though, do you think he goes straight in? It's tough, this, isn't it? This is where it gets tough. Well, apparently, they still want to buy him, don't they? Yeah, some of course they do, yeah. They do. Look, Dean Henderson's a very, very good goalie, but he's still very young and naive and inexperienced at Premier League level, even though he's now starting to make his way and he was performing really well before he got injured, yeah. of course. But when you bring a guy in like Navas, he's not coming in to uh, 
get watch Dean Anderson and sit on the side yeah. and think, oh well, good good work, Dean, good save. If he's going to want to play, yeah. is he permanent or alone? I no, think he's only alone. He's alone, yeah. yeah. I mean, but maybe, his that, performance, maybe go back with Henderson. Well, he's alone as well. Yeah. yeah. So both are on loan. His performance yesterday warranted that he would stay in the team. And ultimately, I always look at goal uh, teams should have two really good goalies yeah. because things can happen, and they're going to have to fight and do whatever. But when you have such a drop off behind the first choice goalie, when you get a problem, that can send that you a into problem. relegation problems. Mm. So it is a massive stroke. And that Hennessy, to be fair, when United Again, played him in the cup. Yeah, he had a couple of bad ones, he, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's going to he, cost you goals, I think, really. Yeah. So it's it's a really good signing. They can choose between them. They're going to be fighting it out. Mm. They've got two then good goalies. Yeah. Wayne's a really good, uh, if we say now, back up. Yeah. And he's come in in tough situations and circumstances, but done okay. But ultimately, to stay in the league, you have to have two in every position, normally, that are at it. Yeah. And it's a good sign. If you're in a relegation fight, a backup goalie is probably going to get you relegated, no matter how good they are, because you're going to be busy. Yes, It's in sure. probably the most important position. And but yesterday, he was busy, and he's... But a lot of teams same. don't make that call. Mm-hmm. And they'll go with an out-and-out number one, and you'll have a number yeah, three, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And the number two's a bit... And the, it's fingers crossed, oh, we don't need that all season, guys. Whereas if you're doing it properly, you have two number ones... Who, who, who can yeah, yeah it's an important position, mate. Goalie is not a very important position, you know. Um, shout out to Forrest by the way, 13th in the league now, you know, six points uh, ahead of the drop zone. Mm. That's not a decent little, little return so far. Steve Cooper, shout out to him. Um, even though you have signed about 100 players, it does seem at least that he knows what he wants to do and he knows the players that he wants to play in certain positions and starting 11 and all that kind of stuff. So fair play to Nottingham Forest. I know we don't give you a lot of love on here, but I actually quite not like Nottingham Forest, to be fair. Um, anyway, finally, we're going to finish on an absolute ball draw, nil-nil. Mm. Chelsea, uh, Fulham, Friday night's game. Um, I was actually quite excited for this because you get to see all these new signings, Mudrick and Fernandes, and um, just failed to deliver all of it, didn't it? I was gutted because I was going to watch it, but then I'd arranged a few weeks ago to go down the pub and I made the right move. Yes, you did make the <laughs> right I'm, move. I, know it, I didn't watch it. I said there was some Chelsea fan in the pub. He come walking back from the TV depressed. I went, have you lost? He went, no, nil, nil. And I went, I'm glad. I'm really pleased because I was looking forward to watching it. So. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a miserable game. Yeah. Mudrick came off at half-time. Apparently he was ill. Didn't really do anything. Fernandez, to be fair to him, he looked lovely, didn't yeah, he? Do you know what I mean? It's an awful lot of money. Um, it, I, I like seeing a young player like Fernandez at that age, what is he, 21 years old, um, playing that sort of like defensive midfield. He kind of drops in, gets the ball off the centre-backs, runs up there. His range of passing was lovely, all that kind of stuff. Um, but just nothing they'll be better now because Jao Felix is back I think yeah they need him back don't they I I think he looked quality in the hour he played before he got sent off but I think that Fulham are a good side as well I mean Chelsea will think we should win that maybe you should but Fulham Fulham are good but again we talked about the three your Fulham your Brighton and um, who were the other Brentford Brentford. these managers have done unbelievable work and you expect a Chelsea to beat that kind of team of Fulham at home it's not that easy. No chance. He's done an unbelievable job, and they're a good team, Fulham. Yeah, they they're are. They're a good team, and Kepper did have to make some saves. More so, ultimately, than uh, Leno for Fulham. Yeah. He, he got a rush of blood a couple of times and got away with a yeah, couple yeah. of things. Good defending but, after but, a Tim Ream. Yeah, but they didn't have massive chances, Chelsea. No, they didn't. Because Fulham was set up properly. Yeah. And it's a tough league. Mm. And, yeah, it's not good enough when you think of the outlay for Chelsea. I want to talk about this quickly. Um, we're going we're gonna to do the quiz in a minute, guys, but... 
Is it a bit of a problem giving young sort of 21-year-old players, yeah, you're paying an awful lot of money for, but giving them eight-year contracts on, I don't know, 150 old grand a week? For me, that seems a little bit... That's a, that's a risky game to be playing, isn't it? You've got to have done a lot, in my opinion, of background work and homework diligence. on them. Because yeah. they won't have done. No, if, they won't have done. If you, <laughs> if you get that eight-year contract, and we, we touched on it with Salah, you, you can suddenly become a little bit soft life changes, you've lost that hunger, yeah. you're a multi-multi-millionaire, you've got eight years worth of salary, whatever happens, it's tough. Yeah. And if these guys haven't got that mentality, it can be a real problem. I wouldn't know well enough. I think clubs are trying to do it to protect their own investments, yeah. but to give that kind of contract Super to certain risky. players, it's a, I think it's a risky How strategy. many times have you seen players where they might have a little knock or a niggle or an injury, right? And there's certain types of players that will just go, I'm playing, don't worry about it, I'll get through it, it's fine, give me an injection or whatever. Yeah, they yeah? can miss a week's training, you know they're going to be there on Saturday. On the Saturday, yeah. I've also seen players who are earning 10 times that player that would happily take an injection who would go, nah, I'm not fit. And then this is like three or four days before the game. And the, I've seen the physio going, um, well, you've got three or four days left, yeah? You know, let's get a little bit, little bit nearer to it. And they're going, no, I'm not playing. And you think, oh my gosh, you've made up your mind already. And that's the bit that worries me a little bit is when you've got that much, like, you've got, that's, what, 50 million quid? Ready, guaranteed, coming your way. I'm thinking, mm, I don't like that so much. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't go crazy, batshit crazy or anything like that. Um, right, lads, we're we ready for the quiz. Yeah. We're going to do fastest finger first, yeah? Okay, mate, okay. They're ready for the rose to come and sit between these two ugly thorns, yeah? <sighs> come on, boys. Right, here we go then. Uh, football filling, world famous quiz. Ten questions, fastest finger first. Jamie, you ready with the questions? Always ready. Are yeah. they good ones this week? I hope so, I hope right, so. Let's go. Come on, Fozzy on top yet again. What was the only game to finish 0-0 this week? Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh. Mark Goldbridge. You didn't even respond to that. Chelsea. I know, I thought you'd be in there with that. Uh, we'll get them on up. That was a right. nice, nice easy one to start you off with. Who played for Crystal Palace, Aston Villa and Middlesbrough? Southgate. Yeah, yeah. Mark Goldbridge. Have you told uh, him these questions? No. And I don't even off, like Southgate. Off field, right, left field question. Yeah. Though. I don't even know how I knew that one. Yeah. Jamie, what? don't make it so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what game had the most goals in this game week? Villa. Villa. Yeah. yeah ben. Ben, ben, ben. <laughs> Obviously Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the Golden Boot in the 2014-15 season? Aguero. Aguero, yeah. Good one. Come on. That's the only gold, Golden Boot. Anyone who won it once. Give me a smile. Give me a smile when I get one. 2 one, one. What club was Jao Felix at before joining Atletico Madrid? Before joining Atletico Yeah, I'm just finishing your question for you. Benfica. He's not performing well today. You've got to wait, Ben. You've got to wait, mate. Pressure. Pressure. Okay, this is to the nearest number. How many England caps does Ashley Cole have? 79. 84. 86. Ben is higher, isn't it? He's got, he has 107. Oh, wow! 107 wow. caps for that Ashley Fuzzy, Cole. That was Fuzzy, that was Fuzzy. 3, 2, 1. Ashley Cole, by the way, is one of the most underappreciated left-backs in Premier League history. Do you not think he's underappreciated? Do you think yeah, he's appreciated He, he always enough? gets put in as the best left-back. All right, cool. 3, 2, 1. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the first sponsor of the Premier League? Ford. Barclay card. Nope. I know this. I know this. Carly. 
It was calling. Ooh, 4-2-1. Why did you say Barkley card? Let's do one more and then I've won. 4-2-1. Got three more questions. You're on one, by the way. You're a loser. Dave, you're you such a loser. Shouting in, Dave. Don't start worrying about me. You're not doing very well either. Dave, <laughs> just get in there. Come on. I need to change seats so I can get next to him and look at the answers. Who scored Newcastle's disallowed goal in their match? Joe Willock. Game with ben. Get in yeah. there. Come on, Fozzie. The comeback's on. 4 3 1. Sorry for shouting. Sorry. Which club did Glenn Hoddle join after being sacked as England manager in 1999? Swindon. Tottenham. Nope. You both said Swindon, so the question is. You both said Tottenham. Yeah. Southampton. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Four, three, one. This is the last question. Last question. I'll buy it this way. I want to get. I want to get it. I want to get. You've got no say in it. You may as well go and sit down. You can't won. You've got no influence on this, all right? I've still won. Even if you get this, I've still won. Why? Because we both won. No, we'll go to a tie-break. Right. Oh, tie I'm yeah. going to get it. Who was the only... Sorry, let me say again. Oh. Who was the only away team to win this game week? Who was the only away team to win this game week? Can't look at the board. Can't look at the uh, board. He's looked at the Leicester. board. He looked at the board. It was Leicester. <laughs> no, I wasn't even looking. It was Leicester. That's Everybody looked at the board. I didn't. That was I wasn't here. the only one that looked like at that. the board. Everybody looked at the board. You shouldn't have the board there then, right? Four or... Ah... Jamie. I'm gonna have to give it to you. I'm yes, I love that, my boy. Oh, give me something. <laughs> I'm just looking here. We've got a time break. I'm, I'm gonna have to give it to you. We've got a time break. I can't we believe should, that. We should have turned the no, board around. No, it's because there's a Leicester shirt behind him up there. You oh, were no, looking there over there. there. <laughs> <laughs> there's well, gonna be outrage. Don't hate the player. We've got a tie break. We've got a tie break. Come on. Have we got a tie break? We do have a tie break. That is scandalous. I can't believe it. I'm not. I'm not even taking part in a tie break. You can have the win. I've been absolutely wrong. You can have the win. Four, four, one. I'm out. You no, can't win. come on. That is disgraceful. Right, tie break question. Are we going to do this properly? No. Come on. I think come it's on. a disgrace. <laughs> I, I will lose on a tie break and it's not fair. Right, even if you lose, yeah, I'll say that you are still a, a superior quiz master, no, all right? I'm disgusted. I'll, 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 my, my head's gone now. Come on. I'm like England on penalties. Yeah, but I bet you now, what, he's going to ask a question and he's going to go, meh. Okay, so as we know. But you're getting a tie break on a question that I didn't get. I'm 4-3 and you're getting, I didn't even answer that. It's 4 I got 4 right, you got 4 right. But you're getting a shot at a tiebreak when I didn't have a shot to win. Uh, quiz, um, tiebreak. So as we know, Aguero won the Golden Boot in the 2014-15 season, but how many goals did he score? 22. 23. <laughs> he's got 26, so Ben was... Oh, I'm <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think, you know, no, no, come on, it's got to be an accurate figure, hasn't it? No, it's, it's tiebreakers, it's whoever's closest. Oh, whoever's closest. Oh, tiebreakers, whoever's closest. Their comments are going to go, This is the biggest disgrace I've ever had. This means so much. No, no, nearest cups. You've got to be bourbon, aren't you, for the goals? I'm like the phoenix on the plane today. I came from absolutely nowhere, and I came and stormed it at our last second back post. Bob, add some of that, you little win. 